Thanks for tuning in. I'm Zach, and this is Cast Junkie, a weekly bite-sized show that gives you a look into a new podcast each week. If you're looking to help further Cast Junkie and support a new podcast, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cast junkie or join the Discord community. The link is available on castjunkie.com where we have a full line of support indie podcast merch. Profits from our Patreon and merch sold all go back to support other people's indie podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to Cast Junkie so that you can get the next episode as soon as it drops and rate and review us over on Podchaser or wherever you're listening to help us get our name out there. With that, Let's get into this week's review. This week, we're talking about a show that takes true crime and tilts it in a new direction. We've all heard the stories of Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, and Al Capone, and the list goes on and on and on. What if I told you there was a true crime podcast that told you stories of lesser-known criminals that didn't hit the headlines big like murderers that we usually focus on while in true crime podcasts? Hosted by Phoebe Judge, this is Criminal. Criminal tells us stories of criminals, you guessed it, with interesting crimes and even more interesting backstories. Stories like Paulette Cooper, who stowed away on a Caribbean cruise and enjoyed it to its fullest. Or a woman who ran a prison dog program and helped an inmate escape via a dog crate. The list of bizarre crimes goes on and on and on, so let's take a second and take a quick listen. So you must know everyone in town. Oh, yeah. People could find me. They know where I'm at. For the past 50 years, Marie Anglin Widener has been waiting for someone to find her. She's 82 and lives on a small road in a small town three hours south of Atlanta. I kept trying to find the main street in town, but somehow, even if I was on it, never figured out which one it was. The first thing you see when you walk in the front door of Marie's house is pictures of her brother's. It's sort of a shrine. The pictures are old. Her brothers look like two handsome men in their prime. How often do you think of them? All the time. (laughs) All the time, every day. Every time I walk by my display. She hasn't seen her brothers in almost 60 years. She's not the only one looking for them. Growing up, Marie says her family didn't have any money. They lived most of the year in Florida. Her father would pick tomatoes. And then in the summers, the whole family traveled north to pick cherries in Michigan. And wherever they went, her brothers, John and Clarence, were always getting into trouble. Little mischief things to begin with. Like what? Like uh, the neighbors' pigs. Sal had some little pigs. Okay. So they were little, and they wanted to play with the pig. It's like a toy to them. So one of the little pigs got through the fence, and they chased the little pig, and they thought were trying to catch it to play with it, and the little pig got hot, and it fell over dead. That's the first tr- trouble that you remember <laughs> them getting into. My dad had to pay for the pig. I read that they were good swimmers growing up. Oh, my goodness, Yeah. They would swim across the lake and all the way back without a problem. And I'm not sure how far it was across there, but it was a long ways. So they would swim often? All the time. We'd go to Michigan to work, pick strawberries and cherries and stuff. They'd break the ice and go swimming. In really cold water? Yes. Yes. 
As John and Clarence got older, they got wilder, stealing tires and tractor batteries. They'd break into cars, hotwire them, and go for a drive. By the time Clarence was 14, he'd been sentenced to one year in a very rough youth facility called the State Industrial School for Boys. When he got out, he and John broke into a store, landing them both in the industrial school for another year. They kept breaking into places and doing a terrible job. They were caught over and over and sent to prisons in Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Many times, they escaped. Some reports say they escaped from every single prison they were sent to. Marie says sometimes they just walk home. Want some of mama's cooking, want some of my two older sisters with good cooks. Always. When they would show up, would your mother, your sister say, oh, no, not again? <laughs> not again, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, in 1958, John and Clarence, along with their older brother, Alfred, rented a cabin and came up with a plan to rob a bank. John stayed in the getaway car while Clarence and Alfred went in with a toy pistol. Well, I thought it was awful, and I thought, well... It's a miracle they didn't get hurt because they did have a toy pistol. But the people in the bank did not know it was a toy pistol. I mean, you know, it looked real to them, and they were afraid. I'm sure they were afraid. One of the uh, ladies in the bank, she almost fainted, and my oldest brother, Alfred, he gets he stops everything and gets water for her to drink. They never have hurt anybody. Mm -mm. Do you remember, were your parents alive when this happened? Do you remember what your parents' reaction was? Oh, yeah, they were alive, and they were devastated, you know, about the bank robbery. In fact, John always wanted Mama to have an electric washing machine, okay? So he went and bought Mama a washing machine and put it on the porch in the back. And when my mama saw it, she said, and she had all, then she had heard about the bank robbery. She told John, she says, you take it away. I don't want it. It was bought with bad money. And John had to move it. She wouldn't have it. All three brothers were arrested for bank robbery and sent to prison in Atlanta. But John and Clarence kept trying to escape and were eventually transferred to Leavenworth, Kansas. In 1960, Clarence tried to help John smuggle himself out of Leavenworth in a big bread box. That was the last straw. John was sent to Alcatraz. Clarence joined him three months later after a letter smuggling incident. Like we just heard, Phoebe does an incredible job telling us the story of these criminals and their crimes. The thing I truly love is how bizarre these crimes can be, and of course... I love the episodes where Phoebe gets to talk with the criminals themselves or their family members. So, if you're looking for a new twist on true crime, look no further than Criminal. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy listening to Criminal, or any other podcast we've previously covered, which can all be found wherever you're listening to Cast Junkie. You can find us at Cast Junkie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So follow us, won't you? We'll be posting links to this show and all others we cover on them. Have a podcast suggestion? Send them to us at castjunkie.com 
and we'll add it to our list. Until next week, don't forget to binge all the podcasts we've been highlighting. Bye.